my, my job is to somehow make them curious enough or persuade them by hook or crook to get more aware of themselves and where they came from and what they are into and what is already there and just to bring it out. This is what compels me to compel them. And I will do it by whatever means necessary. Welcome to the Black Girls Heal podcast, where we talk about healing our intimacy disorders, unresolved trauma, and building a healthy relationship with first ourselves and then others. Every episode, we will talk about advice you can apply today to break unhealthy patterns and grow in your self-worth. I'm Sheena Lachey, love addiction coach and trauma specialist. Let's begin. Hello, hello, and welcome to the latest episode of Black Girls Heal. I hope that this finds you well, thriving, happy, if not finding comfort and people around you who love you, making way for people to love on you in case you are in need of support and that you're choosing joy for yourself wherever you are, even if it's a little bit, even if it's only for five minutes that you're taking it because you deserve it, sis, and you are the only one who's going to make room for it. It is your job your responsibility. So prioritize yourself aggressively. And with that said, me taking my own advice, I'm actually recording this episode um, a few weeks ahead of time or a week ahead of time from when you are listening to this. Um, If you listen to our previous episode, I talked about how I would be taking some time off as I heal mentally and emotionally from the collective trauma that was the Texas storm um, that happened um, a couple weeks ago from the time that you're listening to this episode, if you're listening to it live. Hopefully I'm somewhere in a Houston park with my little one or eating cookies in bed or doing something that's fun. (laughs) Um, Wherever you are, whenever you're listening to this. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. Before we get started, let's take a small break to say thank you to this week's sponsors. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. Before we get started, let's take a small break to say thank you to this week's sponsors. So that's on being a healed and loved woman. And speaking of being a healed and loved woman, this episode will hopefully help you embody more of that in your own healing journey and your relationships and your self-love and self-ownership and accountability because today's episode is all about five reasons you need to apologize. Five reasons you are the one who needs to be the one to make amends. So um, part of becoming a healed and loved woman is going from being um, codependent or addictive in your relationships to becoming more balanced and also going from being avoidant to becoming available and not denying yourself and depriving yourself but operating out of a place of love worthiness. I know that one thing that happens when we're trying to get all these things together is we try to be very clear about our boundaries. We try to be very clear about who deserves to be in our in our world and in our inner circle and who does not. In fact, when I was scrolling on Facebook this morning, one of the posts that I saw was someone saying something to the effect of that if she um, blocks somebody or cuts them out of her life, that she is fully in her right to do so. That is an act of love. That is an act of self-protection. And um, it's, it's self-care. 
And I have talked often on this podcast about the need to detox toxic relationships and unhealthy partnerships and all that. Like that is all things that I line up with. However, sometimes we can be pretty overzealous in it. Sometimes we can think that we are making a healthy, a healthy boundary, but really we are leading with our avoidance. We're leading with our wounding. We're leading with our judgmentalness. Um, judgmentalness. Yeah. Is that a word? We're being judgmental. I'll say that just in case it's not a word. (laughs) We're being judgmental and we're making decisions from there. And because we are coming from that space and that energy, we can feel really justified in it. We can write long posts about how we deserve to block people. We can um, post subtweets about how only people who deserve to be in our life are going to be the ones who are there. We can fully cut people off quickly and easily because right now in this season of my life, I am all about loving me and only being with people who are for me, right? These are the things that we tell ourselves. Meanwhile, we don't know that we are just enabling um, this, this pattern that actually keeps people away from us and stops us from looking at our own part in it. So... What I want to do for today's episode is I want to talk about five reasons or maybe five scenarios that could be reasons why you need to be the one who apologizes. As always, there may be some scenarios or situations that you're like, well, what if? And, you know, this person is toxic and unhealthy. I will tell you right now ahead of time that each of these scenarios that I'm about to give you is only for people who are healthy and available. I am not telling you to reconnect with someone who is narcissistic, someone who is a user, someone who um, uses your emotions and your your feelings and thoughts against you, someone who's sometimes that's not what I'm talking about. This is for those of us who may tend to not apologize and cut people off and be fully in our avoidance instead of reconnecting with people, instead of initiating the repair. For you to be a healed and loved woman, you got to get comfortable with initiating repair, with moving towards people, with saying you're wrong sometimes, right? And that's where this episode hopefully will help give you some coaching and support in that. And yeah, so let's go ahead and jump in. So Five reasons. The first one, the first reason why you need to um, say you're sorry is you were wrong. <laughs> just, just, just that simple. Maybe there is a situation that you were wrong in, and upon self-reflection, upon finding out the facts, either from that person when you were actually able to talk with them or open to talk with them, or you heard through somebody else what happened. And um, if you found out that your version of events was incorrect, maybe once you calmed down a little bit in that moment, you realized that your understanding was, was a little bit flawed. And so you need to apologize because you were wrong. Um, one of the things that avoidance don't like to do is apologize or avoidance don't like to apologize often because one of our main goals is to retain our freedom 
It is to retain our independence and our sense of control because part of our history has been people trying to take that away from us, not respecting our opinion, not expect, not respecting our voice. So to apologize means that we're giving someone leverage over us and we don't want to do that. So we will find every other way to make amends without actually apologizing or saying, I'm sorry, we may offer to let's go out to eat. Or if we're in a romantic relationship, let's have sex and, you know, start flirting with them and get all cutesy. So you don't have to apologize or change the subject or don't call them for a while until hopefully things kind of smooth over and hope that they don't bring it up again. Right. Um, all of that, we, we will do all of these things instead of actually taking ownership for our part. But when you do that, you are, you are not, you've broken trust in the relationship with your accusation, with your judgment, with the way that you delivered it, with you questioning whether or not that person was for you, depending on your delivery, you might've even said some things that were pretty mean or harsh. And that person, if it is someone that you care about, deserves to hear an apology. Just like you in your past, when things have happened to you, you've deserved to hear apologies. Um, I sent something similar to this effect about um, owning your part in our text community group. I have a um, I have a text support or it's not support, but it's like text inspiration. I'll text out inspiration to people a couple times a week and it's free. Um, the link, uh, the phone numbers and the show notes if you want to join. Um, but anyways, I sent out something to that effect, um, to the ladies in the list and one person responded and she was like, well, what if they did something too? And that's where many of us need to become more balanced because we are so, so tied to the all or nothing in the black and white It's either all one or it's either all the other. So either I'm all right and they're wrong or they're all right and I'm wrong. And when if I have to choose between the two, I'm going to be right. And I'm going to be right until they admit that I'm right. And then maybe I'll apologize. And we have to learn how to live in the nuance and know that two things can be true at the same time. It can be true that they did something that was hurtful, but you did too. And you apologizing does not take away the the reality of them needing to make amends to you as well, right? So you show up for yourself and if they choose not to or don't want to show up for you, that's where your boundaries come into place at. But if you are working on your avoidance and if you're working on your judgmentalness and if you're wor- working on being able to be introspective and aware of your of the things that you need to change, you have to be consistent in all of these areas. So that's number one. Number two, and these different reasons are not all connected. Some of them are going to be very different scenarios, um, which is the case for the second one is very different than the first one. So the second reason why you might need to be the one who apologizes or initiates the apology is because you are pushing away people who want to love you. So my avoidant ladies, maybe you sabotaged a relationship. Maybe you jumped to a conclusion like the first, like the first point talked about, 
maybe you just went ghost and disappeared in efforts of creating space. And as you have healed and as you have grown and as you have been the one who has done your own work, you're reflecting on past relationships that this has happened in and you're seeing the graveyard of different connections that you left behind and you're like, huh, some of these are actually healthy people. Some of these people were actually pretty good friends. They were actually pretty good partners and you need to be the one to make amends to show up for, to show up for yourself and to clear the drama and clear, clean out your closet so that you don't bring this with you. Don't bring these patterns with you. You create a new, a new pathway in your brain so that you handle relationships differently. So we have a free roadmap. Um, it's called the five step roadmap to heal love addiction. And I talk about love addiction, love avoidance and love deprivation. And there is a different roadmap for each of them. And in the roadmap for love avoidance, it talks about right after you clear out the roots and the reasons why you have been avoidant, you need to start making amends so that you can actually start to build relationships instead of one, feeling like you have to start all over because you've pushed away all the people who have wanted to be close to you. And then two, so that you actually learn how to be close to people through conflict, when things get rough, when things get hard, when things get uncomfortable. Avoidance, we are so good at when things become any of those different um, adjectives, we will find a reason to let it go. And sometimes the letting it go would be very overt, which would be cutting people off and disappearing or breaking up with them or whatever it might be. And sometimes the, the letting it go can be very... Um, soft, but still intentional. So we start working in a lot. We get closer with another person as a friend. We, um, we move to a different city. Like there are so many ways that we will try to restart instead of actually fixing what's there in front of us. So going back to making amends and saying, I'm sorry with the people that you've pushed away, you got to be the one who initiates it. You know, people are not going to jump through hoops to beg you to be their friend, to beg you to stay in a relationship with them, to beg you to um, stick around. And if they do, they're probably someone who struggles with their own sense of self boundaries. That's that is not a healthy way for relationships to be. Healthy relationships are based on mutual respect and acceptance and both people being invested and involved. And a healthy person may be there and try to um, talk with you and they may try to make it work and they may call a couple times or text or, you know, initiate a coffee date to try to work it out. But if you keep telling them no, they're going to listen, right? They're going to listen because they are not only respecting your words and your actions, but they're also going to listen because they also value themselves and they know what they are worth as a romantic partner, as a friend, as a colleague, as a business partner. So if you're looking back at this and you've realized that you're the one who messed up, it's your responsibility to go back and repair and build that trust. With that said, let's talk about number three. So the third reason why you may need to be the one who initiates an apology or makes amends is because you realize that you were the one who overreacted and time has shown that you were wrong. 
So the way that this one is different than the first one, um, which was just straight out, you were wrong. And this one is you realize she overreacted over time is with the first one is kind of in the moment or nearby in the moment, like maybe a couple days, a couple of weeks. This one is you realize over time that the way that you saw and viewed an event that happened in the past was skewed by your own trauma, by your own insecurities, by your own um, self-righteousness and defensiveness. And as you reflected back over time and the energy around it has shifted, um, you're able to say, huh, maybe I was wrong or maybe I wasn't wrong, but I kind of miss this relationship. Um, or I could have, even if I wasn't wrong, I could have handled that better. Um, I wasn't even open to hearing them talk about it. Um, I'll be honest and um, transparent and say that this has happened to me several times. Um, there's been many times that someone has said something or done something to me that was very hurtful. And in both, scenario, in, in both scenarios, either what they did was legitimately hurtful and this person was trying to work it out with me. They were trying to talk with me about it. They were open to reconciling. But I was very much in my mind, well, you know, you cross this boundary, you hurt me. You might want to talk about it, but I don't need to talk about it. I, I'm very clear on what happened. I'm very clear on how my triggers were hit and I'm good. And I stayed good <laughs> for a long time. So when I would think back to the scenario, I might be like, yeah, like this was a person that I really liked, but you know, I didn't deserve that. And so this is what I would tell myself in my head. This is what I would tell myself when I talk to other people about it and so on and so forth. But as time went on and I healed more and I grew up more and I matured more, I started to look back at that situation and say, even if that is what happened, the way I handled it was wrong. Like I... Hey, we hope you're enjoying the podcast so far. Let's take a quick break to say thanks to this week's sponsors. As our country continues to grow and make new meaning of the intersection between current and historical events, it is so important to stay connected to the voices and the leaders who are influencing what progress, connection, equality, and truth mean to us as Black people. The next generation of influential Black voices can be found on NPR's new collection, Black Stories, Black Truths. Black Stories, Black Truths is a celebration of Blackness from NPR. Each of NPR's Black voices are as distinct, varied, and nuanced as the Black experience itself. In the Black Stories, Black Truths collection, you'll hear stories of joy, resilience, empowerment, and creating world-shifting things out of struggle. Every episode is a living account about what it means to be Black today, told from a unique Black perspective. From Bobby Shmurda to The Wire, Michelle Obama to Reparations, there's no limit to the range of Black stories, Black truths. Black perspectives haven't always been centered in the telling of America's story. Now they are the story. In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, you'll find a collection from some of NPR's best podcast episodes celebrating the Black experience. Hear a feed of episodes from across NPR's podcasts that center Black voices. It's NPR Noir. Turn on NPR today and hear a range of voices as varied, nuanced, and Black as the country we reflect. Stories should never be about us without us. Listen now to Black Stories, Black Truths on NPR wherever you get your podcasts. 
Hey, we hope you're enjoying the podcast so far. Let's take a quick break to say thanks to this week's sponsors. I could have listened to them. I could have talked with them. They tried to make it better. I wasn't open to it. And that was my bad. Hey, we hope you're enjoying the podcast so far. Let's take a quick break to say thanks to this week's sponsors. Ladies, I am so excited to share that for this podcast episode, I've partnered with eHarmony, the dating app that helps people find real genuine connection. And for me, this app has absolutely held true to their promise, connecting me to a truly incredible relationship and partnership with someone who truly gets me. Dating apps can be so hard when it comes to filtering through persons who you may not have anything in common with or who may not be super serious about the process and committed. With eHarmony's one-of-a-kind compatibility quiz, you get a baseline standard in every match of your compatibility around values, communication styles, likes and dislikes, energy levels, and so much more. My experience with eHarmony has always been superb with not only the quality of men I was matched with, but also with our compatibility when dating, eliminating the stress of feeling as if I was wasting my time. So join the dating app that helps users find their most authentic relationships. eHarmony, get who gets you and start free today. So in those situations, I went back years later and apologized to those people. And I apologize not because I necessarily wanted to rebuild the friendship. I mean, I was open to it because these were definitely um, people who were, um, like I said, the, 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 the main energy of our relationship was one of positivity, even if something hurtful did happen, right? So if they were open to reconciling, I would have been open. But really, it was because I needed to, to take ownership of what I did that was wrong um, to repair that trust. Um, and also, I mean, they deserved it, you know, um, they deserve to have me apologize to them because they, they did their part. So that was the first scenario. They actually did something that hurt my feelings and I thought about it and my reaction to it just didn't work out or it wasn't the right one. And then the other thing happened where something happened that hurt my feelings. But then over time, and as I thought about it, and as I thought about how I thought the details played out and how it felt in the moment, I was like, maybe there is another alternative to what was actually going on. Maybe they didn't intend it to feel this way, to be this way, but because it kind of struck a button or struck struck a trigger or a wound that I had, I jumped to assuming that this is what they meant and this is their intention and maybe I was wrong and maybe my experience of it was flawed. And with those people, I had to follow a similar process. So this was a person that I actually had a relationship with that I wanted to um, to repair, then I would make amends. And if it was someone who I didn't really have a relationship with, but it was just a judgment that I had from afar, I had to do my own work. I had to figure out, okay, why did I jump to this place? Why did I go straight to this place of defensiveness and justification and self-protection and ego and pride that my view of what happened was correct, right? Why wasn't I open to other alternatives? One's that weren't based on what people were out to get me unless they proved me wrong. 
And if you are avoidant, this is one of the things that might be a common thread for you, right? People having to prove that they're for you until you believe that they're for you. But even then you still got booby traps and you still have, um, you never actually trust it because it's not really about their actions. It's about how you feel about yourself and how you feel about the world. So what's going to happen is you're going to continue to find relationships with people that you really click with, that you really bond with, that you just love. And then something's going to happen that's going to break that trust. But because you do not know how to work through it, look at your part, communicate, to reconcile, heal, you're going to continue to have different friendships and relationships that only last for seasons or um, they're there for a long time. I've, I've seen this as well, that people are there for a long time, but you ebb and flow in your closeness. So you've had a friendship for 20 years and y'all are really close for five years and then they do something that hurts your feelings, whether or not you say something to them about it or not. Um, but it builds this kind of this hurt, this wound, it grows into this resentment and you just kind of inch away from them for a period of time. And then enough months or years pass. And during that time, you're connecting with other people. You have other passion projects you're doing. And then you go back to hanging out with them and you never told them what happened. You never talked about it, but y'all are close again until something else happens, right? Until, until, <laughs> You end up not being friends anymore or you end up being closer friends with somebody else, even though that person was potentially one of your best friends and could have stayed your best friend if you had communicated what you needed. When healing from an intimacy disorder, one of the first things that you need to do right after you get clear on your patterns of addictive behaviors, avoidant behaviors, and living in deprivation is clearing out the roots that cause it. Clearing out the experiences, the traumas, the narratives that have kept you stuck all these years. And so in our You Are Worthy mini course, we give you the opportunity to reveal the sources of low self-worth, to learn about how old roles in your family have resulted in codependency, shutting down, not letting people in, and also to learn how to talk to and connect with your inner child in a way that is soothing and healing. This is a great first step to starting the process of reframing the stories to actually show up as a healed and loved woman. You can learn more and enroll by going to blackgirlsheal.org slash worthy and get started immediately. Hope to see you there soon. So that's number three, overreacting and finding, finding out over time that maybe the way that you saw it and maybe the way that you experienced it and maybe the way that you reacted to it was wrong or skewed. And you need to go back and clear things up with that person, especially if that person was someone who who poured into you. Girl, though, those types of relationships should be cherished. Those don't happen every day. As much as I talk about there's abundance and there's enough for all of us, friendships and romantic partnerships, that's true. But if you find a real soul connection with someone that you trust, and someone that trusts you and someone that you feel like genuinely loves or loved you, you don't discard those. You want to cherish them and protect them and, and nurture them. So reach out. It doesn't matter where they are, how long it's been. You own your part. Okay.
So the fourth reason why you need to apologize or make amends is you have to break the cycle. So I kind of already mentioned this in the other ones, but when we are looking at our healing journey to become healed and loved women, we have to build, y'all hear me talk about muscle memory. We have to build a new set of actions that are reflect, reflexive instead of the things that we used to do before. So we need to reflexively be women who are quicker to listen versus and slower to react. We need to be women who are um, more open to hearing and getting clarification on what that person meant and what they did and then making a decision from there. Um, again, I am not talking about people who are clearly abusive and objectively um, hurtful and wrong. For some of us, when I say that, you're like, now you're more confused. Maybe you were very clear before, but now you're like, well, sis, I feel like all these people are abusive, but maybe I was kind of open to thinking maybe I was wrong. So wait, are they abusive or not abusive? And so that is where the support of an outside mental health professional or you know, the students in my coaching program get the support from me all the time or someone who is more well-versed in this um, type of thing to help help clear it up for you. Is, is this a me thing? Is this a them thing? Or is this a both thing, right? Stop trying to heal from your intimacy disorders by yourself, y'all. It doesn't matter how many episodes of this you listen to or some of the other very popular attachment and relationship podcasts you listen to and all the books that you read. You are only going to be able to see as far as your own perspective, period. You're, you're, you're going to filter all of the information through your own understanding. And you're going to have some blocks, not because you're not open to it, not because you're not smart enough, but because that's just how um, trauma and healing and recovery works. So let other people in, talk about what's going on with you and be open to it. But yes, part of being in a healthy relationship, going back to number four and you being in charge of breaking the pattern and building um, different, different actions is healthy relationships involve apologies. Healthy relationships involve you taking ownership of your part. Healthy relationships involve you doing it first, even if the other person is wrong too, right? Because you are in charge of you. And that leads to the last one, number five, the fifth reason why you need to apologize and initiate apologies with um, healthy people, healthy available people who are willing to do their part and show up for you. Um, you need to apologize first because you have to work on softening up. Some of you are way too hard. Some of you are way too closed off. Some of you are way too rigid. And to bring it full circle to something that I said at the beginning of the episode, you learn that to apologize is to show weakness and people are going to take advantage of that. And I fully believe that that is true for the relationships that you've been picking. I truly and absolutely believe and validate that for the romantic partnerships, for the friendships, for the family relationships that you are closest to and spend the most time with, I absolutely believe and validate that they are the type of people that will probably, if you apologize to them, they will laugh at you, call you weak, 
use it as leverage to make you do things that you don't want to do down the road to shame you make you feel not good enough i believe all that and the truth is that doesn't mean that you don't apologize it means that these are signs that these people are toxic unavailable for you this these are dysfunctional cycles and it's time for you to exit and find new ones right again you get to decide what type of life that you want and you get to be the one who shows up for you so if you decide you know what this might be what love and connection looks like for these group of people and how my life has been for these last 30 40 50 years but i don't want it no more <laughs> this is this is not what i want my normal to be so i'm changing the rules and these people may not be open to it and they may not like it, but that's just a sign that they are not my people. And I have to go and find people who do apologize, people who do laugh easily and not at the expense of others, people who do uh, want to listen to feelings and emotions and um, not seem being connected to others as a burden. Those, those are the people I'm looking out for. So... That is today's podcast episode. I hope that you found it helpful. If you want to get that free roadmap, you just need to go to blackgirlsheal.org slash roadmap and put in your information and we'll email it to you. But yeah, so that is it. I hope that you found this helpful and I hope that you just use it to repair and reach out to people who you need to reach out to and start to get the love that you've always deserved, right? We don't have to... Um, plant a whole new tree. Most of us have a whole orchard of amazing people who are bearing fruit around us and we just have to walk towards them. So sending you love. See you next time. Take care. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. Before we get started, let's take a small break to say thank you to this week's sponsors.